Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. See your blind spots. This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, in studio with Whit Mitchell today. Whit is an executive coach and team dynamics specialist. He uses a, me- a methodology called inner circle coaching. If you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to a previous episode where we dive into that that idea of inner circle coaching and learn more about it. He also blends one-on-one coaching, web-based behavior tools, and team accountability to create high-performing leaders. He's on faculty with the Complete Leader Program, part of the Price Associates team, and author of Working in Sync. Whit, great to be with you today. Uh, Dale, always wonderful to come out to Boise, Idaho from Hanover, New Hampshire. Absolutely. So tell us, you're from New Hampshire, and you've got Working in Sync. How did that book come to be? Well, I had uh, the great opportunity as a young man, uh, age 20 to 28, to coach at the University of New Hampshire, the Coast Guard Academy, and Dartmouth College. So I was about their age and did not want to row anymore and volunteered to come down and help out. And lo and behold, at the University of New Hampshire, they said, you're the only one that doesn't want to row, so you be the head coach. So as a freshman in college at the age of about 18 or 19, I was coaching 80 athletes at the University of New Hampshire, and then after four years, was hired at the U.S. Coast Guard Academy and then uh, Dartmouth College for a couple of years. Just a few life lessons in that experience? A few life lessons. So 45 years later, I'm still coaching people. Hmm. What's one of the most memorable lessons that you took away from that time, especially when you think about being 18 or 19 and and getting thrown into that? Yeah, yeah. So I was always going out on the water and looking for what the athletes weren't doing well. So to get eight athletes in a coxswain to work in sync and row well together technically, as a coach, you're sitting in the launch and you're looking at them row and you're looking at their mistakes. So you're saying, raise your hands, lower your shoulders, relax the head. You're giving them lots and lots of tips. And one day an athlete got off the water very frustrated. I'd spent a lot of time trying to get him to get the oar in the water with everybody else, the blade, and get it out at the same time. Timing's essential. And he came up to me and he said, hey, coach, could you tell me when I'm doing it right? All you do is tell me when I'm doing it wrong. That changed my entire outlook on coaching, and I've kept that philosophy for all these years. Let's not always look for what they're doing wrong. But let's look when they are doing it right to emphasize that, encourage that, and you'll get more out of any athlete or any executive you're ever going to work with. So today, our focus for the podcast is seeing our blind spots. Pretty hard to do for an individual, um, but what's the process? How do you start to lead an executive to see his or her blind spot? You know, as you're driving in your plural, as you're driving in your car, listening to this. There have been times when you have looked in your side view or rear view mirror and you haven't seen, you've seen that the lane's open, you start to pull out and there's a big honk. So we all have these blind spots, not only when we're driving, but the blind spots about our behaviors and how they impact other people. So the process begins where somebody want, has decided on their will that they want to make changes and develop their own leadership, either behaviors, capabilities, expertise, whatever it might be. I encourage people, okay, if we're going to do that, let's have everybody else look and see what they've seen because there may be some things that we see 
about you, your leadership behaviors that you may be unaware of, like looking out the window and not seeing the car coming. So in that mix of people that you just talked about, we're really we're talking about an executive and the team of people immediately around him or her. The people that observe this person the most during the day. So it could be direct reports, your executive team, your boss. It might be a client or two who you have quite a bit of interaction with. Board members, not so much because it's once a month or once every quarter where you may see them, but somebody that is or a group of people that interacts with you on a daily basis. I'm, I'm thinking about how often it is just difficult to come to the realization that we as an individual, I as an individual, have a blind spot. We're almost blind to that. Do, would you say that Agreed. that's true? Agreed. However, some of the best golfers and tennis players in the world have a coach. Why would Tiger Woods go out on the putting green on the course in Scotland and ask to have the pro teach him how to putt. He's the best golfer in the world. Well, the, the, the uh, putting coach is going to know some things about Tiger's swing on their greens that he doesn't know yet. So he's trying to eliminate the blind spots. Same thing with executives. What do they do in meetings? What do they do one-on-one? -on -one? What do they do when they're in client engagements around how they present themselves, how they speak, how they behave, that they don't see? The, the, the difficulty is if you're a direct report, that executive needs to make it safe enough so when he or she asks for feedback to uncover the blind spots, people feel safe enough to be clear, concise, specific, and honest with them. So we're going to start uh, with the foundation that we've got an executive who has the emotional intelligence to know that they've got blind spots and that they want to improve or illuminate those blind spots. So for that executive listening, what what's the starting point to start to reveal the blind spots? The starting point is to have enough humility with which to say, I want to get better. When you're at the top, that's a hard thing to say. So let's start there. Have enough courage to be asking people to either complete an online 360 feedback survey that asks 30 to 35 questions about maybe four or five or six categories of their leadership skills and behaviors. Where do we find a survey like that? So Is it talk one we, we come up with or... Well, there are different ways. So there are probably in your HR department, they know how to either create one or get their hands on one. SurveyMonkey is another one where you could do it very inexpensively, create your own questions. Hiring a coach who you're going to work with, they usually have access to uh, a 360 survey. We don't have time to go through 35 to 40 questions in the course of a podcast, but let's just identify five questions that the executive could be asking through this survey model that will help us get a clearer idea of where our collective blind spots are. So the leader encourages open and honest communication, and then you rate on a scale of one to six. The leader runs meetings effectively and asks others for their opinion. The leader encourages communication between different team members. The leader asks for feedback on a regular basis and encourages others to do the same. There are a myriad of questions. Again, what I like to do is say to the leader, let's pick a couple of categories, building relationships, meeting effectiveness, things like this, managing upwards, and then identify two or three or four questions under each category. There is another piece of this, but go ahead. No, please do. So the second piece is maybe you want to combine that with a person, an HR person or an unbiased person from outside, like an executive coach, 
to gather a, a group of people one by one, maybe your executive team or the people that work most closely with you, and ask them some open-ended questions. So some of mine are, and I like to shift the mindset right away, what is the leader doing that you mostly appreciate, that you feel he or she is doing at a high level that adds the most significant value? So let's start with the mindset change for the people that are answering it. The second question to follow that might be, and so based on your answer of what they're doing well, what's the impact then on you? What's the impact on the growth of the business? What's the impact on the clients and customers when they do that really well? So I like to start off with a couple of questions inquiring about getting people to think not just about what they aren't doing well, but what they are doing well and the impact. That immediately starts to shift the culture at the top just with those two questions. And I'll remind listeners to go back to the, the Tiger Woods analogy that you've got to ask for some outside help in order to really reveal your blind spots. And people think nowadays, oh, you've got a coach, you must have done something wrong. That's starting to shift that culture. People are now asking for coaches to help them grow that extra 10, per, 10 to 15% in their business. And when leaders start to grow, guess what happens to the business? Mm. So are blind spots always bad? Is it, is it a negative? Oh, good for you, Dale. Good for you. You know, it's funny. People are always looking for feedback, and they're always waiting for the bad stuff. It's wonderful to be able to go up to a leader when he or she says, could you give me some feedback on how that meeting went? And you say, boy, it was focused. You started and ended on time. The agenda was clear. You kept uh, things moving along, and we covered all the topics in the allotted time. And you set the agenda and the, the different um, uh, who's going to do what by the end of the meeting. Fantastic. Now you've gotten clear, specific, real feedback on time, and, it, and they're always waiting for the but. What didn't I do? And you don't give them that. Try giving leaders some good feedback for two or three weeks in a, in a row without giving them any buts, no's, or however's. Watch what happens to that leader. Because the word but just can cancels out everything that was said before. Oh, yeah. You did a great meeting, but, and all they hear is after the but. Just tell them here was the meeting. Be specific and watch what happens. They're waiting for the but, and you say, that was great. What else do you want to know? Perfect. So diving into the importance of that survey that goes out, it really acts as a benchmark as well. So you can come back a few months later and, and see what kind of improvement is taking place. Good deal. And I say nine to 12 months later, they okay. need time to make changes. So I encourage 30 to 35 questions. People don't got, want to get surveyed out. And at the end, put in two or three or four written questions where people actually have to type in the content. And what I do is I actually look at those answers first and then match it with some of the high and low numbers. So you can see a great correlation between the answers to some of the questions and the data, the hard data. Now you do it nine to 12 months later, now you can compare the hard data, that's not hard to do. And obviously the content's gonna change as well. So it's a really wonderful measuring stick for leaders at a high level. Fantastic. Whit Mitchell, he's the author of Working in Sync. If you would like to reach out to Whit, all of his contact information is in the show notes, and uh, he would love to hear from you. Also, we would ask that you go to iTunes, rate this podcast. We hope we've earned that five-star rating. Also, while you're there, write a review for us. We would definitely appreciate that. And until next time. Thank you for spending this time with us. This is the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become 
a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to The Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org. 